I wanted to like share something that I've been doing, like kind of as a, as a practice, like at, when Eric was talking about his um, like onboardings with his, like anybody on his team. One thing that I do during that is I like go over like payroll events and stuff. And I give them some examples of some things that, uh, that we've done in the past. And then I just tell them like, what would be like the one thing that we could do that you'd be like super stoked about? Like you would drop everything to come. Like what could, what would that one thing be? And then just like taking all those things that everybody said and just planning them out over the year and also using it as kind of like a reward. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Okay, leaders. Well, thanks so much for joining the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Really, really excited to share this new concept that we've created. We've been having what we've called President's Club calls for, I don't know, feels like 10 years, where we bring a lot of our top performing operators and we share best practices. And, and um, we, we've made a shift this year and we've just selected the top 10 operators as best we could, because a lot of times it's really close to, to, to sort of determine who is in that group, but three window cleaning operators, seven painting operators as part of the student works management program. I was looking approximately these 10 operators are over two and a half to $3 million to the business. So really, really top performing operators as leaders, as coaches. And we just had an incredible conversation about preseason marketing, developing marketing teams, you know, how do we enroll people? How do we how do we uh, hold people accountable? How do we support people? How do we train people? And it was just a fantastic conversation. And just so shout out to all of the operators who participated. And um, and, and it really is a a great look into, you know, what are, what are some of the amazing things that we're doing at the Student Works Management Program to create the just incredible success that we have year over year over year. If this interests you and you know of other young leaders who may be interested in, in, in stepping up in their leadership, please send me an email, cthompson at studentworks.com. Share this podcast or send them to our website, studentworks.com. We're starting to develop a web uh, a waiting list for our recruits for next season. Have a super fantastic day. Thanks so much. Well, hey, everyone, welcome to our new revamped President's Club call. So first of all, congratulations on being selected. Super excited about your participation and everybody here looking to, number one, make a contribution to each other. Number two, make a contribution to our operators, you know, who are going to have access to this on school and uh, continue to, to progress in your, you know, your roles as becoming better and better leaders you know, running bigger and better and more successful and more efficient businesses. Okay. So the focus of our meeting today is going to be preseason marketing and marketing teams. And so we might as well just jump right in. Okay. And we're going to go to uh, Beryl Christian. So Beryl, why don't you share about, uh, you know, best practice in that area? Yeah, sure, Chris. 
For uh, preseason marketing, uh, I think one of the things that has been going really well is just leveraging the amount of t- uh, the amount of uh, people I have on my team. So it's mostly what I've found is um, just getting two to three people right off the bat and having them go door knocking a lot. And it's just that uh, sort of like that muscle muscle memory that builds in them because uh, they have to get out there and like knock for at least like 10 to 12 hours every single week, starting early on. So starting early in the January to develop that. Otherwise, they just won't be able to develop any of the skill set that they will be, no matter how much amount of role plays we do, or anything of like that. So that has been something uh, that I've been implementing. And obviously, like in my team, uh, Greg Bell is really good at organizing all of those things. So Connect Teams is one of the apps that we use where uh, they know exactly where they're going. They know exactly how many hours they're going out and I can hold them accountable to it. And also one of the things that I didn't do last year was um, uh, setting income goals. Uh, so we do that for painters. I just didn't do that for marketers at all. So doing that for marketers was pretty huge this year. Like, um, making sure that we see, uh, like again, on connect teams, you know, how long they've been out. You can kind of like, if you pay for it, you can kind of see like how many doors they've hit as well in a way. So when you have those conversions where you see how many doors they've hit, you see how long they've gone out, you see all the leads that they're getting converted. And then, uh, plus the compensation structure that we all have might be different. Like I pay them hourly plus commission, uh, for every single lead that they get that converts into an estimate. So uh, yeah, based on that, then we will uh, like sit down every week. We'll talk about how to increase that conversion rate so that they can uh, make more money. And then I think um, one of the things that that has done itself is that has developed the value for them to get coaching from me off the marketing hours. So then they would be like, hey, Beryl, can we schedule a call with you like during uh, during the day? for half an hour, 20 minutes to go over the objections so that we can better our conversion rate because they can see the value of like, hey, the top people in the team are converting at like 30, 40%. That's helping them so much to get so much more money per hour. How can right. we be doing that? And then they, they're they just um, reaching out to me more for that. So yeah, that's for uh, some of the things that has been working for me so far. Love that, Beryl. Thank you very much. Uh, why don't we jump to Haley? And then and then again, everyone remember we're gonna come back for questions later. So I certainly had some questions there and I had to put you know a pin in it. So Haley. Um, okay, so one of the big things that I've been implementing for my marketing team is delegation, but delegation does not come without proper training, or just something that I've learned like throughout being in the program is that um, you have to really take on coaching, being coachable and being able to coach people. So when I first hired my marketers. Um, they weren't getting the results that I really wanted to. And a big part of me was like, oh my gosh, my marketers are not very good. They're they're not doing as well as I thought they would. But then really being able to reflect on how I'm training them and just the consistent coaching rather than going out for three days, coaching them how to market really well, and then just tossing them off and expecting them to do well. Well, having these calls with them after every shift or at the end of every week, looking back at what they accomplished that week and then kind of backtracking and seeing why they got the res- those results. So whether they're good or bad. Um, so giving them the tools they need to do well, at the end of the day, if they don't have the tools that they need, they're not going to do well. And you're, there's no point in even having marketers. So that's a big thing that I looked at. Um, and then over the past week, my marketers have got, they started off just um, scheduling or just getting leads at the door. And now they are Scheduling estimates at the door, going through, they're doing a pre-close at the door, um, confirming both homeowners are there, doing multiple things that make my eight-point call very easy once I'm done. Um, and just comes with with training them. So making sure we're training them to 
expecting them to be exactly how we were at the very beginning without not knowing anything. And then trying to make them another you, giving them the experience and the knowledge that you have to make them do really well. Love it. Love it. Just that's fantastic. Getting people to convert at the door. That's that's awesome. And we're, uh, you know, February 9th. So uh, Zach, Zachary Jennings. Yeah, totally. So really, I don't know, I'd say the biggest thing for me and my teams, like at least when I'm getting someone started, is initially when you're getting them, you know, to start out knocking on doors, is really only doing a couple doors with them at the start. So you're not, you know, pitching for them for, for an hour or like half an hour or anything like that. Like you're literally doing the first couple doors to show them exactly what the pitch looks like. Then after that, you're immediately transitioning into, okay, now it's your turn. You know, maybe I'll let them pitch me on the street quick as a quick little mock one. And then once I see that, I'm like, okay, great. Like we're going to start hitting doors and actually getting them to do it. Cause again, kind of like Beryl said, like getting them out for not only like a great number of hours, but really getting them to do their reps of doing, you know, their pitch because definitely a lot of time, at least I know when I started, I was super robotic, pretty much, you know, trying to say the script verbatim and I sounded terrible. Um, and I was really bad, but really, you know, why I think I've gone so much better is because I've just done it so many times and over and over and over again. So getting that repetition and then each, you know, each door after you, you know, they knock on it, get down to the end of the driveway, then you immediately start giving them feedback. Typically, I like to keep it to, you know, one thing they did well, and then one thing they could improve on, because I guess you don't want to overload them with constructive feedback right at, at the end of each door. So typically, it's one thing they did well, you know, to make sure to kind of keep keep their energy up and you're not just kind of giving them, uh, um, you know, corrective feedback the whole time, but and then something they could improve on, and then getting them to focus on that on their next pitch, and then just doing that over and over and over again. Um, obviously you don't hit quite as many doors in a session, but I really find that like, you know, typically at least what I've seen, like the quickest way to get someone, you know, up to speed and good as quickly as possible is yeah. And that's what I kind of say is the best practice for, for maybe training someone and getting them up to speed really quick. Awesome. So slow is fast, right? Slow is fast. So say, slow is fast. You know, it seems like, Oh my gosh, look at all the training we do in our organization. Yes. You know, let's get started. No, slow is fast. So yeah. That's awesome. Love, love that, Zach. Uh, Michael. Um, yeah, one thing I've really been focused on early on with with marketing is um, is like brand awareness. Uh, kind of being everywhere. Obviously, getting guys out marketing, enrolling my like kind of mini production managers, I guess, to go out. Um, but also just like yeah, really being everywhere. Like Facebook, Google Ads, community groups, like posting everywhere, being everywhere, and uh, it's made some custom door hangers with like QR code, even if people don't have painting ask them to follow, reshare the post, like the post, whatever, because those kind of leads will come back later throughout the summer and just really trying to be everywhere now so that when, you know, later on in the year, some of those natural leads can come through and stuff like that. So really just focus on the awareness of the brand and, and branding it and, and uh, getting out there every way possible. I love that. I think that's something that a lot of times people don't recognize. The work that we do right now doesn't just, you know, we don't just get leads now. No, those leads are leads that will call later. And then also there's this, oh, wow, I remember they were there, right? And again, those different types of extra interactions can make all the difference. Love that, Michael. Um, Adriana. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about something a little bit different than like marketing teams and stuff, because I'm not going to lie, I don't have a lot of marketers right now. Okay. I have a couple like PMs and stuff and one marketer, but that's about it for me. And one of the things that... I never really noticed or thought too much about was cross marketing um, with my painter. I've always had like 
rookie painters. So I've never really thought about like building a really good relationship with them. And I'm in my third year now and I still haven't had like a painter that I've actually got to know. But this year, um, my painter and I, like we go out marketing every single time together. And what I didn't ever realize before was that if you don't have any marketers, you already have one, which is either the painter or the window cleaner that's in your turf. Um, He's gotten me more leads like over the past week than I've gotten for my own business. So like, it's just pretty like unreal to like have that experience. Um, And I just wanted to share that for people who haven't always had like a relationship with the painter or window cleaner in their turf. Um, that it could just be, you know, really, really beneficial. Um, so he comes out um, with my production manager and my marketers and um, we go together. Um, and then one of the things that we found like really, really works for, you know, marketing together is what I'll do is I'll start and I pitch my own services and I don't really say too much about, about painting because I feel that it might be a little bit overwhelming at the door to say like, we do all like, the different seven things. Yeah. Like, yeah, what right. do you want? Like, that's kind of crazy. So what I just have been doing is pitching my services, getting, you know, one, two, three no's just depends on kind of where I, where I think I should stop. And then I'll say, Hey, my friend, my painter's name is Lewis. He's, he's over there. Um, he goes to this school whatever school he goes to and he runs a painting and staining business in the area. So he does interior and exterior painting and staining. And I was wondering what he could do for you. And then instead of giving like a big pitch, you spend a lot longer at the door, just talking to the person and pitching the services way better and putting like a name and a face to the service or like the person who's going to be doing it. And then sometimes like if I get a painting lead, like he'll come over to the door and like talk to the homeowner and then we can, you know, have him build a good relationship with that person before he calls them. And I think people like to see like two people out there together, like working hard, running their own businesses. Um, So that's, what's been really working for us. And I wanted to share that like mostly with the other people that might be listening to this call. Cause I know the people on this call probably have, you know, a hefty amount of, of marketers and stuff, but like, in the situation that you don't have that many people leverage like your painter or your window cleaner. Um, of course, because it's helpful for both people. And yeah, that's like really where my marketing's at right now. Well, well, thank you so much for putting that out there. And, and the distinction here, Adriana, that I heard is in the first couple of years, it wasn't something that you focused on. So this year you're focusing on it and getting rewarded for it. So again, checking in for all the people listening, checking in for everybody here. Are we focusing on it? Let's go. Let's go get active because it just works <laughs> like like it just doubles up your activity. Um, and we know what that's going to do. You know, even if they're, you know, 30 percent not as good as you, that's going to contribute a whole bunch with no downside, like literally no downside. Um, and then also just, you know, when we're on job sites, it's so much easier as well. Oh, wow. The windows are peeling or oh, gee. Every house I paint, they also need the, the the windows clean. So it's just such a such an easy cross sell, and was a huge reason why we started the extension of the business. So and then all of a sudden, everything moved on me. But I'll do my. I'll, I've got a list, so I'll make sure we get everyone here. So uh, Mac, I'm in like a little bit of a similar situation to Adriana, but I got like I guess two little points that I wanted to share. So in terms of our marketing efforts, something that I found that I didn't really even realize till 
my max meeting or my max launch meeting with Luke was the like power of like launch signs if you do them early. And so what I did to kind of leverage some of my marketing this year was I had my PM Alex drive around my entire turf and I gave him like 45 lawn signs or something. And he just placed them all over the place. And so I'm obviously not going to see uh, results from that like right away. But basically what I noticed from my max launch meeting with Luke was that I had like the second or like second or third highest amount of like uh, web and phone leads from like any of our operators on our team. And so, the, and those led to some really big jobs. And so I kind of was like, wow, actually that those lawn signs weren't like ineffective. Like, you know, I just kind of like never actually like recognized to me, like, oh, these, the, these leads actually came from lawn signs. But then when I looked at the numbers, I was like, wow, I actually got like more like web leads and phone leads than anyone else <laughs> the thing that we're doing this year, which I think is really, really helpful as well. We enrolled some of our returning painters or, and, and, you know, like we're also going to be enrolling some of our like new hires into marketing for us that like, aren't, you know, moving away. They're not like at school. Um, they live in the turf. And so like to help enroll them into the business, they're going to be doing some marketing for us in the preseason. So I have two painters right now who are going to be helping us out with marketing. And I'm also trying to enroll some of our painters from who are coming back and painters from last year when they come back for reading week to help us do like a really solid reading week marketing blitz. So awesome. that, that is our uh, marketing plan for the season. Well, thanks, Matt. And I know there's a little bit of lag um, and that that that's a good chance because where you are, Max up in the Muskokas. So, so yes, I'm sure some of those lawn signs are on kind of quote unquote public property or a little bit off to the side that it's not a big concern. Max got a sense of his area, many, many areas that's not possible. So, and obviously lawn signs are great. Um, and that's something good chance we'll focus on um, later on in the call, but, but uh, that, that's, that's great. And just seeing again, the, the, the call-ins, the, the, the spin-offs of those activities. Uh, so Noah. Uh, first of all, great shares, everyone. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people have already touched on what I was going to say, but I'm going to expand on what Adriana was saying before on the whole cross-marketing. So obviously you can cross market through Painter, which is a great move, but I think you can take it one step further and cross market with other local businesses. So for example, like we reached out to a local uh, stone sealing company. So basically they steal, they seal like, like when you redo your, your steps and everything, they steal it to protect it. Um, so we started cross marketing the window cleaning after the ceiling, just to clean up everything. And then if we see any cracks or anything on their, their stairs, we cross market for the, for the lead for the other company. So I found that's been working well. We've been starting to get a few leads like that. Um, there's also you can also partner with Rydell if you have a Rydell franchise in your area, right? They're, they're basically like a carbon copy of Studentworks, so it works perfect. And then I guess another thing that we've been doing is that we kind of broke down the marketing script just to make it easier to train to marketers into four points. Um, so the first one is like about you, so your name and your school. The second one is about the business, so Studentworks um, and the services. The third one is uh, that we're giving out free estimates. And the fourth one is ask for the lead or objection handle. And it's very simple. I give my guys the four points and we practice on Zoom for the first hour. And all I tell them is put your personality into it, right? Like we hired you for you. I want to see that personality come out in the script, right? Um, and I found just by getting people to be, be comfortable with the points and really just expressing it on how they feel comfortable doing it, 
we've been getting a lot more lead, not only leads, but quality leads, because now the clients are investing in the person, not just the services. So, love, yeah. it, love it. Love it. No, thank you very much. And so here, why don't we jump to Kate? Yeah, mine's more, uh, I was going to touch a little bit on what Max said, and I guess I will just add a little bit more on there. But um, I know in the past, um, like working for Dustin, we didn't always do this, but just enrolling like painters and production managers, especially for vets into doing marketing. Like now where I've been doing, you know, coaching my team, I haven't had as much time to go out marketing, obviously. So just really trying to enroll because I've got four production managers coming back. So I kind of crew chiefs. And really just kind of enrolling them into marketing, get them out training with that. And so that's been going really well. Um, but another thing I wanted to touch on that I've been more strict about the use this year um, is with my marketing map. So the uh, the kind of Google map you can make, I've been actually just drawing out areas, putting in marketing plans with my marketing teams of what areas to hit. And it's also been really successful in like keeping them accountable. So I can go and see after their marketing session, like, oh, you filled in the map awesome. Where did you go? You know, kind of see kind of like the map, my run almost, but just keeping yeah. a record of it. And then for each of the inputs that they do put in, I actually get them to date it. So we can see, okay, great. We hit that in early February. It's late April. Let's go hit it again. You know, that's a great area. We had a lot of interest. Um, so, you know, let's go see if we can get more leads out of it. So just kind of tracking and keeping track and then also using it as a kind of an accountability thing as well. Fantastic. I love that. I love that, Kate. Uh, so Sasha. Um, yeah, I'm just going to piggyback off of uh, off of what Kate there, but take like a bit of a different route just around like why I'm going to have every single hire, like painter hire come out and market this year. And something to really emphasize is this isn't around, you know, seeing if they're the best marketer because they're coming on to paint, which is, you know, slightly different, maybe less communication related. So I'm not fully judging them off of that. But Really what it's for is just like vetting their commitment to the business and then largely their coachability. So, you know, regardless of where they start, like where are they at after one session, where are they at after two, and then are they open to coming out, you know, once a week, even just for, for two, three hours um, to just show that, you know, they're not just kind of talking the talk from an interview. And then we get to the summer and then I find out then that they're not actually um, someone who's going to stick it out. So that's going to be big for, for sure for me this year. And um, yeah, and then I guess just, yeah, I would say that that's probably probably just the biggest thing. And, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of where, where I was going with that, just to touch on that I, a bit. I love that. Just building, building your team, you know, helping hold them accountable. So. And, then, and then something just actually to, to add on there, similar to like how your coach for maybe rookies or even just in general, like stays in touch with you or reached out to you after you got recruited. Like that's a big thing as well. So they can come on, meet me, meet my production managers, you know, kind of see us in person. Um, and that's definitely going to help as well, just with relationship building because people fall off the map. They look for other jobs when they get recruited in January and then they don't hear from you until April for training. Yes. So it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Eric. Yeah. One, like one major thing that I've been doing is just like really focusing on like, as soon as I hire someone, like just a good quality onboard, like make like sets like a really good foundation for kind of how they're going to perform like later on in the year. And I usually do this in like the form of like a zoom call. Like I sit down with them for like about an hour and just kind of go through like everything. And it, it kind of serves like as almost like a, a training, but like not like in the field. 
where not only like do we go over like marketing systems and whatever, but I'll also kind of give them like a overall like background on the company. Like, you know, I'll introduce them to the team, like tell them about each of our services, how we do each of our services, just so like they know what they're pitching at the door and it feels a little bit more natural. Um, and then one big thing is like, I'll go over our sales process. So like, obviously like our sales processes, we, you know, we, we go door to door, we get the lead. And then we, you know, next step is we call the lead, we, you know, qualify them, set expectations, schedule the time, you know, pre-close them. And then we actually go out to the estimate, meet the client, provide the quote, close deal. And then, uh, you know, afterwards we'll send our, worker, our workers to be booked and just for them to be able to see like kind of where they come in and like the impact that they have on each step of the sales process gets them to understand a little bit better of like, you know, like it's, it's, it, it makes it a little bit more serious for them being like, wow, like, yeah, like everything I say, like kind of has an impact on what's gonna like, you know, what the job is going to turn out to at the end of the year. And, um, and then, yeah, like I'll go over like pay structures and and, and all that. And then kind of like at the very end, I like to kind of go over like what their impact. And, you know, I want to give credit to Sasha for this because Devin brought this up in the, in the JT in the uh, King city, like JT um, in the vet room where like you kind of like, well, first I'll go, I'll go and show them like, okay, like this is our company goal. This is our average job size. You know, this is how many clients we need, like how many estimates we need, how many leads we're going to need, how many hours of cold calling we're going to need. So like in my case, like it's about 450 hours of cold calling if I did the math right. And I tell them like, I can't do this by myself. And like, obviously like this is where you come in, like you have a direct impact on our team. And then I'll actually show them like, what's your resume going to look like, which is specifically what I took away from Sasha in uh, when Devin showed off his onboarding. Um, it's just like, th this is what I would put on my resume coming out of this job. And you can kind of show them like what skills they're going to take away, like what employers are going to really want to look at. And I think just a good onboarding, like really not only hypes them up, but like gives them a good foundation to kind of go out there and crush it. I just love that, you know, just, just so that they see how it all links, right? They're, they're, they're feeling really enrolled because I make a difference. There's a lot of people who take on jobs and they really don't make a difference or they don't feel they're making a difference. So, so, right. you know, first of all, they do make a difference in your business. And then you're also really looking to make them feel that way. So I guess what we're going to do now, and, and I, this is the first time is, is we were, we we're going to just offer up questions. Um, and so we could direct questions to somebody or we could direct questions to the group. And then I certainly had some questions as well that were popping up for me. So, so why don't I just start, like, maybe I'll just try to kind of go around the opposite direction, just, um, and maybe we'll start with Eric. A any questions that you have of any of uh, uh, the, the, the veterans on the call? Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, this can kind of go to like anybody really, but I know Adriana touched on it the most is like, you know, obviously cross marketing is huge um, because like you have like your own other operator, like, like someone said, you have your, your like, you at least have one marketer there. But one thing that I've kind of seen, like just painting and window cleaning, like we, we, we market the same way pretty much, but I think our target like market is a little bit different. Whereas like, you know, when I sat down with, with my painter in my area, we kind of talked about like, okay, like where are the areas that you've hit so far? And then I'll like, I'll mention like, oh, like I've been in like, like more like urban, like neighborhoods, like two car garage, two story, like lots of windows, you know, like big houses um, versus like painters usually will kind of go to like homes that need painting. So traditionally that I would assume that would be like older houses um, like maybe like with like wooden front porches and like lots of like older, like wooden trim. Like I, like I would assume just from kind of what I've heard from, uh, from where my painter has been hitting in my area. And like, how would you decide, like, 
like where would you kind of find that balance and how would you decide like where to go together as a painter and a window cleaner so you're not only like hitting one person's target area versus like another yeah that's uh so so why don't we go to adriana uh yeah so what i was gonna say about that is like my like i hit like everywhere in my turf like pretty much no matter like what it is like i'll i'll hit it all um, there's a lot of places that like, he's not going to want to go because like they're, there's no, like they're brand new houses. Like there's not like painting to be done really, but we just like flip flop. So he picks one day and I pick the other day and we try to keep within the same like, like area. So if we're marketing in King city, like we'll stay in King city until we finish it, but we'll go back and forth between like who wants to go where. Like so far, we haven't had like lots of areas where like one of us has been like dramatically unsuccessful. And like, of course, if we are, then the next day we'll go somewhere where there's going to be less leads for the other person. So like, it doesn't really matter. It's like if you were to market like in a turf with say like another window cleaner who's right beside you, like you're not going to get any leads when you go with them and they're not going to get any leads when they go with you but you just go back and forth so that you get to go together and build a relationship with each other. And you right. get some leads when you go in their good areas and they get you leads when they go in yours. So it's not like okay. the end of the world um, yeah. as long as it's even. And the one thing I would add is, is it's really good to distinguish, you know, because painting, you know, we painting has a larger footprint because we've been around longer. So it's in all markets and really what, what operators will do is maybe they'll be in, you know, locations that don't look as great for painting, meaning there's more aluminum siding, there are newer areas. And so what's the focus? Interior and then decks and fences. And so, so it's, 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 it's just kind of getting clear. Okay. Here's the target in this market. There's not, it's like, it's not the big old, you know, clapboard or whatever. And there's a lot of, a lot of our markets really don't have that anyhow. So it's like, okay, here's, here's going to be our target. So it's just really focusing on that as something. So those are, those are a great question and a great, great answer. Great takeaway there. Uh, Adriana. Yeah. I was just going to say like one more thing is that like when we go somewhere with like a ton of trees, trees or something, I like talk to my painter. I'm like, Lewis, like gutter guards here. Like we got to do that. Here. Uh, see. Okay, cool. And then yeah. we go somewhere else and he's like, Oh, like they have a lot of like this here, like point out their garages and like yes. point out like the trim around their windows Perfect. and stuff and stuff. I would have no idea what to talk about. So just like, yeah. I can always tell them what to say too. So hey, that's, that's wonderful. So there's lots of leaves, lots of big trees, gutter guards are going to protect, protect the east troughs. So absolutely. That's wonderful. So Kate, and, and, uh, a, a question for the group. Uh, I didn't really have too many uh, questions. Um, I just kind of a comment, I guess, like for Andriana, your uh, your kind of share about pitching like your service first and then painting after. I mean, I'm definitely going to put that in place because like when I pitch, I do pitch both services. Um, and I just found it such like a mouthful when you're going to try to say all that at once. So I just think that's going to practice that I'm going to put in place where I'm going to be pitching painting. And then especially if I'm out with the window cleaner, like you do kind of like pointing over to them and being like, great, you know, here's Noah, you know, he's actually a window cleaner in the city. You know, were you guys interested in any of those services? So, so no questions, but honestly, really, really like that best practice. Fantastic. And Sasha. Oh, sorry. oh, sorry. 
Sorry, I don't know. That's okay. I just wanted to give credit to my painter because that was actually his idea, um, okay. not mine. So yeah, that's all him. Good news. And by the way, that is a fantastic best practice as leaders, right? We want to step away from credit, share credit. You know, it's just a, it's just a great, great best practice. And I'm not surprising that you're following that, Adriana. So well done. <laughs> um, um, Sasha. Yeah, Chris, I didn't particularly have any like um, questions like that were burning, you know, burning questions from what we've talked about. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I'm excited to kind of mention and go through on some of the other points. But right now, I'm I'm totally good okay. with gone through. Took well, took a bunch from it though. Perfect. Well, one of the things so, that 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 I had for you, maybe a question for you, is how are you focusing on enrolling those team members that you're getting? What are you doing? What's the conversation, Sasha? How are you how are you really um, you know, making that stand up for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mean in terms of like marketing? In general? Yes, exactly. Marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think one thing is like one of my PMs is selling for me. Um, and then of course the other one will be like managing the actual jobs that we're doing. So it's, it's essentially like, you know, these are the jobs that you're going to be then producing in the summer. So it's like crucial that even potentially more crucial than myself, that you're meeting them, that you're getting to know them. Um, and then also just developing that communication skill, like not only is is she selling Kiani, but like for my other guy, Marcus, it's like you're going to be having conversations with these these clients all summer and like with your team members. So like the one thing with with marketing is it's just like a great chance to learn how to like speak fluently, effectively, like with con concision and like um, and just like get a point across without kind of muddying things up with a bunch of like, you know, I think like one thing with my rookies was just, you know, they've been challenged a little bit by like actually pushing and like kind of sitting in the awkwardness of like three no's we're out the yes. other seat. And so, you know, I think it's just a great opportunity for them to build up their kind of resistance a little bit to um, potentially some uncomfortable situations. Um, not only, you know, environment and weather wise at this time of year, but um, also in terms of just reception at the door. Um, Cause that's uh, that happens a bunch. And um, yeah. So I think they really like see it as just like, this is kind of going to get used across the summer. It's not just, um, yeah, not just just around this time of year. So, fantastic, fantastic. And then you know, one of the great things is uh, I know I, I can't remember building that resume and and sort of taking that away of yeah. building the resume and saying saying this is what your future can be, and and not only building the resume but it, just developing the skills. And this is what's possible as a result of doing that. You know, rather than seeing you know so many people see canvassing as. And frankly, it is a lot of times companies will just throw people in the back of vans, drive to neighborhoods and drop people off. Right. No training, no coaching, no development. And obviously, that's 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 not what we do. <laughs> um, and so it's just a way bigger game that we play. So, uh, Zach. Yeah, I was going to say, again, I don't really have too, too many questions. Um, I'm not sure if we cover it later, but I can ask it now too. And you can let me know if it makes sense to talk about it, Chris. But um, I guess with like. I don't know, has anyone like organized like an event with their marketers? Um, I like, I don't know, I find that I'm like more busy now than I honestly am in the summer with like everything going on. So like I'm finding it like hard to like plan a time with my marketers to like do something. And I feel like I want to be able to like reward them more because they've been doing really well. But like, I don't know, has anyone had an event with their with their marketing team slash like what does that look like? What do you do? And stuff there because yeah, I'm not sure if anyone has anything. Oh, that's a that's a great question. Any any anybody doing anything? I know we're really early in February so far. Anybody have something planned 
that they're thinking of of doing and putting something together. Even even I guess if you were to have like a like PMs and stuff too, like I you know, yeah, Sasha, you got like a PM and a sales rep or two PMs and a sales rep going. So like, yeah, what are you what are you doing with those those two? Yeah, the PM one of the PMs is also a sales rep. It's two for one special. Um, <laughs> um, well, I think just in general, like you kind of want to be breaking the ice a bit to begin with. Like if you're getting like, let's say even you're getting a lot of your painters out to market, like we we're chatting about, it could just be something as simple as getting the team out for dinner, getting them to know each other. And then, you know, that way you can really like hit the ground running in the summer. So like, I'm going to sit down soon to plan out like my whole season's payroll events with my managers. And like those could actually, now that I'm just chatting about it out loud, thinking about loud, could look drastically different if we all knew each other quite well come the summer. And then we could just be doing a whole lot more fun activities, going to kind of different events, whatever it might be like paintballing, stuff like that, where we know each other super well. And and uh, and it's just kind of like a lot more of a party than like, you know, kind of getting introductions and getting to know each other that, you know, the first few payrolls you usually are from my experience. So yeah, yeah. Hey leaders, I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit Student Works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold Student Works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Yeah, um, I wanted to like share something that I've been doing, like kind of as a as a practice. Like at, when Eric was talking about his um, like onboardings with his like anybody on his team. One thing that I do during that is I like go over like payroll events and stuff, and I give them some examples of some things that. Uh, that we've done in the past. And then I just tell them like, what would be like the one thing that we could do that you'd be like super stoked about? Like you would awesome. drop everything to come. Like what could, what would that one thing be? And then just like taking all those things that everybody said and just planning them out over the year and Fantastic. also using it as kind of like a reward. Like, Oh, like if my PM hits, you know, this target that he's setting for himself, then in two weeks, we'll have the payroll event that he really wants to have. Awesome. And it's just like a good reward. So I would use that as an opportunity to like kind of figure out what the people on your team really want to do. Um, and then if there's anything that's like really similar, like stuff that they're interested in, then I would do that first once like you kind of get to know them a little bit. Um, but just like see what they're into and like what they want to do, what would be fun for them um, and then do that. Fantastic. I love that. And Beryl. Yeah. Um, for me, especially for marketing, like I had that problem last year as well, where there was not really a, um, cohesive team where we would like go out and like, they had sort of like connection between the members and whatnot. 
This year, what we've uh, started doing is either on Thursday or on Friday, majority of my marketers are marketing on Thursday or Friday. So what we do is uh, typically, uh, and again, I feel like I got lucky in this where they would want to hang out after nine o'clock. So like, let's say if they go out until like eight, eight thirty, and then, um, we just have like a little team huddle and then they go over like the results and like the conversion rates and all of that. And then after that, like a lot of the people, a lot of the restaurants, uh, restaurants after nine o'clock have like half price apps. So it's kind of convenient as well. Like you just take them out for dinner, order a bunch of apps, and then the team just enjoys sort of a thing. And you can do it like bi-weekly. And uh, yeah, that has been working pretty well. Uh, and uh, I personally, I don't have to be there. I can just delegate it to like my uh, my PM, who's kind of like the same thing as Sasha, who's selling as well. So he just takes them out. And then I just pay for uh, whatever uh, appetizers that they get. And then if there's any like anything else that they want to get, then they can get it at their cost sort of a thing. And that has been working pretty good. Fantastic. And, and before we jump off that topic, one of the things that jumps up for me is just is just the whole idea of what are we doing to, uh, you know, keep morale, keep morale high, you know, that sort of thing, you know, team, you know, team efficiency or, or you know, what, what, are we, what are we doing around those things? Yeah, like when when I think of that, or when I read that um, prompt, I thought more of like, on the on the court in in the marketing session, when yeah. it's like, I think just in general with maybe rookies or even just like your painters or marketers coming out for the first time um, when you do get poor reception at the door it can really take them aback. Um, so there's just been like a few things in general, like, you know, one is just as the leader, like setting the precedent if you're with them where, you know, hopefully you maybe get a bad reception at the door and you can really like just kind of take it in stride. And, and then as you walk away from the door, you know, I usually just run through like a few things and, and maybe you're into the session a bit and you're still having no success. And, and you know, the stuff we talk about, like just treating marketing, like, you know, a, a deck of cards, like you never know when you're going to yeah. get the aces, um, yeah. could all be at the end, could all be at the start. Um, similar things like, you know, every single no brings you closer to a yes. Or just in general, you know, I know just using, uh, yeah, just like each door, of course, is, is a new opportunity. Um, and just like these stuff that seems like basic to us and like is second nature that we just, you know, switch into when we get received poorly, like they really don't, um, you know, cue into that and don't have that tool set. So it's super important to to do. And then also just like making things funny, you know, cracking jokes. I know I was out with my rookies last night, we were definitely having a bit of a battle. Um, and there was one woman who just you know, looked out of the, out in the curtain after, and I kind of started my pitch and she receded back into the house and I just stood there and I did my entire pitch to just this glass window that they had. And my, my uh, rookie was right next to me. He's like, yo, they're just like looking out right now. Like they're, they're look, looking towards the front, like wondering what the hell's going on. Um, and then just as a bit of a joke on the next yeah. house, I was like, you know, we actually had a great conversation with your neighbor next door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like yeah. those harmless things and, and just like kind of cracking some jokes and, you know, making up some funny pitches maybe. So keeping things light, um, is, is big as well. So it's not all business. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, not making it mean anything, right? These, you know, the fact oh. that someone's someone and really, because what's happening is that person is kind of afraid of people, right? Which again, a lot of times happens and that's okay. You know, yeah, that's how she's she's responding. Noah. And another thing that's been helping a lot to keep more high and enrollment is that we have weekly meetings where we start okay. just by having like just a funny story of something that happened throughout the week to kind of crack the ice. Yeah. Um and then we'll move into like a best practice. And then at the end of the meeting, we'll just kind of talk about what's planned up for the week or what's lined up for the month. And we also use that opportunity to introduce like little bi-weekly competitions. 
So for example, like two weeks ago, we did whoever gets the most amount of leads gets a free case of beer. Um, so, you know, it ended off from their favorite beer. I'm super happy. Right. Yeah. The next one is people get a gas card. Right. So it's small things like that. Um, sure. And I find that just really drives people. Like it just fires people up to go marketing. They bring yeah. that to the door. Oh, I can get, I can get beer from this, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so again, another way of just keeping it really light. Uh, and yeah. Fantastic. And then, and then some of the other things that, that I haven't heard yet is just physicality. So, you know, again, get, get in the street, you know, we're dancing, we're, we're, we're jumping up and down, you know, we're bringing again, lightness, energy, smiling, breathing, you know, looking up, you know, just, just again, bring our physicality. We do that obviously at our training events and, and, and it's just a, a, a best practice uh, to, to, to just show that, you know, again, and if you're seeing someone discouraged, you can just see how they're feeling by their, their fiscality. So we can shift that for them. So, and, and, and so I know, I know, uh, Mac had a question. So Mac. Yeah, I guess this is kind of useful, I guess, for like, uh, more rural turfs, but if you guys do have a like big marketing group going out and you're trying to tackle like a rural area, how do you go about kind of divvying that up with your marketers? Like, do you change up your pay structure because you might not be getting as many leads? Uh, and how do you kind of coach your marketers to like get to doors effectively in those in those areas? Because I'm going to be doing that over the break with my painters who are coming back to help me market, and I'm sending them into a bunch of like rural cottage turfs, essentially. Uh, Kate. Yeah, I can uh, I can speak on this a little bit because obviously New Brunswick is pretty much all woods. So we do have a free ah. rural turf. So one of the incentives that we've done in the past is because typically when you are doing rural areas, there's a chance to have like bigger jobs. Obviously, same thing in like cottage country. So now I've even done like if I like, you know, we get this job, you know, you actually get one percent commission on it. So like, you know boom, we get a big cottage, $10,000, you get a hundred dollars from that lead right there. And so typically from that, it kind of like evens out, I guess, over time, like that's been pretty successful for us in the past. Fantastic. I love that. Eric. Kind of piggybacking off of what Cade said, like, cause I've had like, obviously like my turf's not like super rural, but we do have some like areas where the houses are a little bit like spread, like farther apart. And like, not like, naturally i like in, at least in my turf those are the bigger houses so like when my guys and like my guys always do like to go like out and hit big houses because like you know you get a lead from a massive house like it feels pretty good but obviously yeah. from like a pay standpoint if you're paying them like the same like if you're doing like 10 bucks a lead but they're only getting like three leads in three hours then it doesn't really make sense so what i do for any like big big houses is i'll pay uh like i'll pay a little more for each lead so like if you're going out and hitting like 5,000 square feet homes, like I'll give you 20 bucks per lead. And then at right. the end of the year, I'll actually go through every single job that I booked, regardless if it was a whale or not. And I'll go uh, through any job that at least you know, for window cleaning, like a thousand dollars plus, and uh, I'll give them extra commission on that. So like, I'll give you like, you know, 10 bucks for every thousand dollar job that I book or something like that. Like I haven't quite worked out what I was doing this year, but uh, kind of like a little extra reward if your lead leads to like a massive job. Awesome. That's a great idea. And, and, and sharing your team that you're going to be generous with them again and align. And again, what we're doing is we're aligning the activity that supports the business and, and it's supporting them. They're walking further. It works. So Adriana. Yeah. I actually had like a piggyback question to that question, if that's okay. 
Um, yes. I know that there's a ton of people in this group who have like pretty rural turf. And I, I have like kind of a mix of both. Like I have huge houses with long driveways that I just haven't hit ever because I don't know how. And I don't know if the reception would be good. Like, how do you guys go about, like, do you market areas where you'd have to like walk like 10 minutes in between houses, like from house to house, like down their driveway? And like, what's the reception? Um, we do a lot of that. We do a lot of Adriana. Mac, what do you, what do you do? We have like uh, sometimes areas where there's like, you know, 100, 200 feet per driveway. And then their driveway takes like three minutes to walk down. And uh, what I've actually done in the past, and it's a little bit cheeky, but sometimes it works, is I just drive to their house down driveway to their front door, get out of my car, do my pitch. If they're like, no, I get back in my car, drive down to the next house because it'll take me 10 times as long to walk. I'm just like, like, yeah, I can't be bothered to... You know, may, sometimes maybe I'll park like, you know, a couple hundred, like, you know, like 30 feet out from their house or something, just so I'm not like right at their front door. Some good strategies are drive. Another strategy is once weather goes down, you know, ride your bike. And again, I think it, it really is an event when, so, when comes to, somebody comes to somebody's uh, door and you're living in a home. It's like, oh, my gosh, someone's here. So, so I certainly don't think, you know, I don't, one thing I don't think we should do is making up that uh, there's some expectation that no one's ever going to walk on their, uh, knock on their door. You know, certainly you're, you're as, you're as likely or unlikely to have a bad uh, impact as any, anybody else. And given that we're, we're in Canada, not bad, not that likely. So, uh, uh, but a great question. Haley. Um, well, now that we're talking about rural turfs, kind of, um, now looking at everyone, yeah, a lot of people are in rural turfs. A big thing that I have noticed, um, which I've talked about this in a couple of different accountability groups and team calls is Facebook community groups, which I'll just touch on here for like a couple minutes. Um, a lot of us are students who don't live in our turfs. So we typically only go home on the weekends. Well, Facebook is a really great way, um, to be marketing the days that you're not at home. So I make it my mission the days that I'm not at home and can be actively door knocking to be constantly posting in Facebook community groups. So I joined multiple groups um, that have the most amount of people in it. I found that the buy and sell ones aren't um, as good as, as the ones that are just more community with the most amount of people in it. So I have a bunch of posts that like templates that I'll post in all these groups. Um, a big thing when I do these posts is I put a picture of my face with my posts. That way they're looking at me. People are more likely obviously to want to buy from a person rather from a business. So when they see my face as they're reading my post along with pictures of who I am and the work that I've done and my team, um, they're more likely to obviously reply. I've gotten a lot of traction in these community groups, people liking, sharing, um, and doing all these things. So just everyone should really take advantage of community groups and you meet a lot of people. I've also had, when I do go door knocking then on the weekends, I've had people, I knock on their door and they're like, oh my God, I saw you in um, the Facebook community group that I'm in. And they're more likely, if they don't give you the lead right then and there, which a lot of them do, they're at least going to let you put a lawn sign on their lawn because they want to support you um, as a person. So that's a big thing I've noticed. Love, love that. Love that. So, so actually, why don't we broaden from there? I think, thanks so much, Haley, for bringing that up is what about other ways? I know we spent a bunch of time around, you know, uh, let's, let's enroll amazing people in our business to come knock on doors. Let's go and cross market. Let's go and, and, uh, you know, train well, these are a bunch of the things that we've talked about. What about other strategies that we have? 
uh, any anybody want to share about other strategies to, to again fill that funnel, have more and more great leads coming into our businesses? Uh, yeah, one thing that I'm definitely going to start doing this year, which like I thought about last year, but I actually didn't. I didn't do it because I only came up with the idea like later towards like later in the summer, is like literally just bringing like the stack of referral coupons to to an estimate and then putting one in the client binder and then like you know go through the estimate process, whatever, both the job and be like, okay, like awesome, like just pretty much like pitch them again on like, hey, you know, as a student run company, like, you know, I'm, I'm only here on the weekends. I have to balance my time between marketing, estimating, and I still have to get all my schoolwork done on time. And, you know, it, get, it gets pretty difficult to, to, you know, get, get new business in. So like, who would you, like, who do you know that might need some, some work, like some of our services and like literally give them awesome. a referral coupon. And then that way, like, it's, like you're asking for it not only there, but then you can ask again when you actually go do the job, which is when we normally give them the referral coupon. And I think it's easier when you're the one that's asking instead, and like you don't really have to leave it up to your crews because they won't know how to necessarily follow up. Like if they, you know, if the client does know somebody that wants work done, like you can immediately follow up from there Absolutely. and ask questions and, and all that. Fantastic. I love that. And Adrienne. Yeah. So my thing that I just tried and although it hasn't like directly generated me any leads um, it has like helped a lot with like getting my name out there and I've, I've heard from like clients and people at the door that it's working of course is my brother and I he's a he's a rookie we got in like the King City like newspaper um, okay. we just like wrote an article well my mom wrote it but um we we got in there with like a picture of us with like all of our student work signs like behind us just like trying to get like publicity it's like local siblings creating jobs for students like in the area and it just talks about like what we're doing and i've been to like some past client estimates where i'm just rebooking people and they're like yeah like i was reminded of you guys when i saw you in the paper like old people read it like Lots of people go through it um, and like at the door in more rural areas, like a lot of people like are familiar with the papers that read them. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, like I actually saw you guys in that paper. Like, that's pretty cool. And like then when you're at the door with them um, or you're at an estimate or something, it's like not their first interaction with your company because they, they've seen it and it just helps to build like some credibility. Um, we put it in our client binders and stuff. Um, so people can see that. It's just like free. So why would you not do it? Um, it's pretty Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. And Zach? For, for the for the newspaper stuff, are people, are you paying for that? Or do you just reach out and be like, hey, I'm a local business owner. Like, do you want to mind like featuring me? Is that typically what you've done and that works? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so for a lot of like local papers and stuff, like they have to go through a lot of work to like find stories and stuff. Like they're always like out there, like looking for stuff to to write about. and like. To be completely honest, there's not a lot going on in like the town that I live in. It's pretty boring. Um, yeah. So you literally can write like a story. Well, what we did was we emailed them. They said like, here's the things to include. And you just write it for them. So you do their entire job for them. And then they just pop it in the paper. So it's free, like totally free. If they want to put it in, they will. And if they don't, of course, like they're not going to, but it doesn't take that much work. But yeah, like there's just there's just people looking for stories to to post. And I'm sure in any community, like a young, you know, student or young person running a business, they they're gonna put that in there for sure. Just like be proud of the people that are being raised in like the town that you're in. 
Cool. So you yeah. just put together an email with the thing you want to say and you just fire that off to them? Yeah, you just go into like like look up the papers in your area online and you can find like the editors. I would I would find the editor um and then just like send a note to them and be like, hey, like this is what I'm up to. Um, this is like who I am. Would you be interested in uh in doing a story about this? They'll come back at you and say, like, yeah, sure, of course. Like, here's what you want to put in. Like, I don't know if it's gonna work. Um, depending on where you are, but for small towns, it's just like pretty, pretty decent. Or even the local newspapers, a part of Toronto, you know, cause there's local newspapers, obviously you've got to have an in, we have been in the star, we have been in the globe, we have been in the sun, just so you know, but it's usually, it's not usually somebody knows somebody and they decide to write up, you know, an, a, a, a piece. So that's why, you know, quote unquote, you kind of jump over the hurdles. So, uh, key like something smaller. Yeah, that. exactly. You bet. Yeah. This is kind of going off, off Haley's note for the, uh, Facebook pages and like community groups. Um, not even like pertaining to like getting clients to posting like, um, during the summer, but like, I've actually had this a couple of times where like, I've been out marketing and this guy like asked me at the door, like what my name was like added me on Facebook, then posted in like the lo- local Facebook page, like, saw Cade running around, around around the neighborhood giving out flyers and like basically like plugged the business in the community page himself just from that yeah. so i'm not i'm not sure of a best practice around like how would you get people to do that but it was yeah. just kind of something that that happened before i guess we've we've seen it happen before and it's like well done isn't it great some you know again some people are literally awesome Right. And it's really great when we see it. <laughs> Can't necessarily do anything that's going to create it, but it's it's awesome. So Sasha yeah, you it's kind of sneaky. Like if you have a Facebook page that's like well established, you can print the QR code that links you to the review page. And then I would just laminate it and tape it to the, your clipboard. And then they could be like, Oh, I just wish I could do something for your business. You'd be like, you know what? You actually can. And then you just have the review and just have them like write something nice about your your conversation and and have them say, you know, I didn't have any work, but you know, and they can or review or or share um, the page, like just the a QR code to the home page, rather, and share it in their their local uh, community group. So yeah, hardworking students, you know, out canvassing, you know, that sort of thing, making a difference, uh, looking for young, you know, looking for workers in the neighborhood, all that sort of stuff, and work. Uh, Zach, yeah. So I was going to say as well. So like one of my clients from estimate from last weekend was like, the super big beauty is like, hey, like. Do you want me to like post on LinkedIn for you? Awesome. Like write me something or something like that. So I guess now like going forward, like what I want to do is ask clients at an estimate after you like booked a job or I don't know, even if you're rejected and they're super nice. Um, if you like, like, would you mind like posting for me? Like, I don't know, you could just email them a post that they could just throw up. But yeah, maybe something like that. If you're in an estimate, they're really cool. You can try to get them to post for you. Um, even before obviously the job is done. Cause I know we do that in the summertime, but again, be like, oh, I'm getting my work done with this company. Like, they're really nice or something like that. Fantastic. And before I go to Haley, one question I had for the group um, was, what do you think the benefit of becoming a really great canvasser is? Like, for because all of you are really, really powerful canvassers, being able to spark up a conversation. What do you think the benefit of that is for your business and for your future? Um, Haley, should I throw that to you? Yeah, sure. Um, so this is one of the big things that I teach all my marketers um, and my painters when they are going like next door neighbor marketing is when I'm at an estimate, I talk about 
stuff other than painting for the first 10 minutes. And these, I, the only way that I can have this 10 minute conversation before is because of when I'm actually door knocking or on the eight point call, all of these little things that I remember, I write them down. Like my note sections on Simon are full of the dog's name, how many kids they have, what, they, what sport their kids play. That way, when awesome. I'm going to estimates, I can build on that relationship. And when I'm producing the job, I can build on it again. That way, if any hiccups do come along throughout the entire time that you're working with them, you have a good enough relationship with them that that you can overcome these little obstacles that that show up. And um, I find that they're more likely to give me referrals. Like all the clients that I've booked so far this year, a lot of them have been from Facebook. Every post that I make on Facebook, they're all liking them, commenting, oh, Haley's a great person to work with. Haven't even worked with me yet because of this relationship that I've built with them so early in the season. So love it. Love it. Yeah. No, and one, one, one um, share I wanted to offer people is uh, uh, Dawson Curry uh, is one of the youngest VPs ever at Oracle. So Oracle is one of the largest, you know, CRM companies in the world. And uh, it used to be NetSuite and his company got bought by Oracle. But I remember asking, uh, he, he, he speaks at a lot of our events, uh, tremendously successful guys, and he contributes his time. I remember asking him, so you know, Oracle's just this enormous brand for business-to-business marketing. It's it's like a Fortune 100 company. Okay, so I know a lot of times students may not know of it, but for businesses, it is just enormous and very successful. So what percentage of your business, Dawson, and your team's business comes from direct outreach? And I thought I'd hear maybe 20 or 30%, but most of it is just people are coming in, reaching out to Oracle. Guess what? 80% of Oracle's business is as a result of people reaching out. So the most successful companies in the world, and I would put Oracle at one of them, a, a whole group of them, they are going out and attacking the marketplace, starting conversations, enticing people to go and see their value proposition. Okay, and that's what people are learning to do here. And it, by the way, it's a huge reason why we have people like Dawson and many, many others who have been so dramatically successful in sales roles. Any other questions? Because I had one other question that I was going to ask for takeaways from the call. Yeah, I had a question for, well, really it was for Haley, but I think there's a couple other people in this group who might uh, might be able to answer it. I know that you're not in your turf a lot and you're also like really far away from your turf from like what I understand. And you have like marketers going out, I, I would assume when you're not there. Um, I, when I was, in school, and I'm not anymore, I didn't live in my turf. Um, and I found it really, really difficult to manage my marketers and make sure that they were doing okay when I wasn't there. And this year, of course, so far, I haven't had that problem because I'm pretty available and I'm I'm here. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, I've had a problem in the past where when I'm not in the area, like it's really hard to manage them. And even though I'm in the area now, um, it's going to, there's going to come a time when I'm just too busy to go out with them all the time. So how do you kind of manage and like track their progress and check in with them a whole bunch? Like when you're not actually with them, um, like how do you do it the same way you would if you were actually like in person? Got it. Haley, we'll go to Haley then Sasha. Um, yeah. So this is like a new thing for me. I didn't have marketers last year. So this year was brand new with hiring a marketing team. So I made sure at the very beginning when I hired them, I made a PowerPoint. A couple of you I'm sure have seen the PowerPoint that I made to enroll my marketers. And it goes through everything. So the expectations I have of them. So every Sunday, I make them at five o'clock. Have we 
they put all their leads into um, this lead sheet that they have. And then I have a call with them just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, any troubles that they came into throughout the week, I address them. We figure out a plan of how they're going to move forward for the next week. I also use the um, Map My Run app so I can keep them accountable through that to make sure that, like, for example, last week I saw my marketer, she like skipped five houses and then five houses again. And I just, we looked at it together. It wasn't, it wasn't anything negative. I just was like, oh, like, why, why did we skip these houses? And she had her reasons of, of why she skipped them. And I just explained the importance of why we have to hit every single house. Same thing with Sasha said with the, with the deck of cards. Um, so just really explaining the value um, that they are bringing to your business and um, just keeping in constant communication because yeah, I'm four and a half hours away from my turf um, from the very end of it from school. So I can't be at home every single weekend. I can't go marketing with them. When I am home though, I do make sure that if I can't do a call with them, that I'm going out to see them marketing at least, um, or at the end of their shift. I remember my business coach last year would call me at the end of my marketing shift that I said I was going to do and ask me how many leads did I have? If I had less than he was hoping for, he would explain, okay, so what's happening at the doors? That way they can give them coaching while they're actually marketing. If you have a problem, if you've gone an hour and you've gotten no leads, call me. She calls me, okay, what's going on? You have no leads, it's been out for an hour. She's getting demotivated. Okay, so how are, what are the conversations like? And then she gives me a, a, a mock pitch of what would happen at the doors. And then I can coach her right then and there. That way, the next two hours, she's not doing those, making those mistakes for the next two hours, wait, wasting her time. The next two hours will be so much more productive because she got coaching when she needed to. Um, I mark in my um, Connect Teams app, obviously, when my marketer is going out. So I know when she's going. So before the shift, she lets me know exactly her plan of what she's, where she's going to hit, which, which areas. And then I tell her throughout the shift, she needs to call me. She calls me. I make sure that I'm available to answer my phone um, during those times, at least to pick up a quick call, give her a quick coaching session. If it's not a 20 minute com a conversation, she obviously doesn't have 20 minutes. She's standing out in the cold, but a quick five minute. Okay. Pitch me. I'll give you some coaching. That way she, at least she can move forward. Um, I feel like five minutes of quick coaching. We can, we can fit in. So. Fantastic. Love it. Love it. And Sasha. Yeah, that that was really great. Only thing I would I would uh, just expound on that with was just like getting them to record pitches as well. So even yes. just to get more reps in. So like, you know, if they're pitching just you over the phone, it's not quite as organic as at the door. So even throwing you in the pocket while you're on the phone with them. Um, but yeah, definitely getting recordings. And then just like, you know, again, in addition to touch points around, like if you're 45 minutes in, no results, it's like, okay, right at the end, you call me what went well, what didn't go well. What can we focus on for next session? So it's just like getting like those touch points in and just being like well a part of the session as as you know much as you can remotely, um, and then a combination of yeah just accountability with with Matt my run and stuff um, can kind of really be like you were just there um, you know with all those resource resources. Fantastic. So what I'm going to do now is just is just you know again we're huge believers that if we do anything. Well, I shouldn't say anything, but you know, we're having a training event, we're having a learning event. So, so it, yes, it may be entertaining. Yes, it's enjoyable spending good time with with people talking about good ideas. And what are we going to do specifically that I can take away and put in my business this week? So, I'm going to start with Barrel, go around, and uh, and 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 so just just you know, hey, this is this is what I'm going to take advantage of, Barrel. Yeah, for me, the biggest thing is what uh, Michael talked about, like building the brand awareness and being everywhere. That's something that I've struggled with over the past. So just making sure that 
like, uh, again, same thing with lawn signs. Like I, I put those up as early as possible and then just, uh, focusing on building the brand awareness. And also like one of the notes that I've taken here is, uh, cross marketing, uh, what Adriana was talking about. Like, that's something that I really haven't put much effort into. Like I just focus on my team, my marketing, and it's a lot more, I feel like almost like a selfish approach, I would say. So, um, yeah, just more cross marketing with my, uh, window cleaner, uh, alternating the areas of the hit. And then, uh, also like, I'm not sure who it was, but just like converting out the door was also a big thing that I'm going to, uh, focus. And, um, Here, yeah. what, what, why don't we do this? Farrell? Um, first of all, I love the keenness. This is awesome, but just so that other people can pick those up. So, so got that. And one of the other things I wanted to acknowledge is, is that yes, you get to be a contribution. Like that's one of the other things is that, Hey, maybe you don't need to, but hey, I can go and help somebody. And certainly, obviously, leaders like you can go and help somebody if you're cross-marketing. So awesome work, Beryl. Uh, so Eric, what, 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 and why don't we just use one thing? Uh, what are you going to take away? What's the one thing you're going to do? Um, probably one thing is probably going to be like map my run. Like I think it's okay. really good idea because like, you know, you can just kind of keep track of how many houses they're hit. Like making yeah. sure like they're hitting like the amount of houses that they need to hit per hour to kind of, know meet yeah. our, our quotas and whatever but that's definitely something i'm going to implement awesome that's it that's a new that's a new uh new idea that came from uh from a good friend of mine steve so thanks steve and and so so just in that they've been working with it for a long time so so kate yeah i think i, I spoke on it a little bit earlier when i when i commented on adriana's uh, best practice but definitely that um kind of separating up the pitch into two doing my, my painting service first I'm um, just getting it off a little bit quicker, um, not taking up as much time at the door with them, obviously, during the pitch. Um, and then after that, you know, kind of bringing up window cleaning um, if they've said no to the painting side of things. Awesome. And Sasha. Yep. So for me, just at the level that I'm trying to run my business, it's going to be sitting down with my production manager who's not doing sales, who's my marketing manager as well. And just looking at like all the structures that we're going to put in place for the marketers that we have and what he's responsible for getting it in his calendar, getting him to recite, you know, what that week's going to look like and when he needs to have, you know, commitments and, and in general, like what he's responsible for and, and holding people responsible um, for in terms of uh, inputs and stuff. So. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Sash. And Zach. Yeah, so the biggest thing for me is I'm definitely gonna try again some newspapers. Um okay. some local newspapers to post it up for me. Fantastic. And Mac. I'm definitely gonna be following suit with Haley and just uh every community mom group, knitting group, and yes. all of the schedule is gonna be getting a nice big photo of my face with a little barb <laughs> about painting. <laughs> all right all right and noah yeah for me it was what uh what Haley was saying before about just being available to provide immediate coaching for your marketers or your sales are right away um just so that if they're in a slump you can fire them back up and fix any mistakes on the spot all right that's great noah and michael uh yeah really just making sure i'm actually enrolling my uh my managers in marketing making sure they're getting the support they need the coaching they need and the uh making sure they're enrolled and ready to go up until the summertime. Fantastic. And Adriana? Uh, yeah, one of the things that I think I'm going to do after this call, maybe I might wait a little bit because my car, I don't think, can handle driving down a bunch of driveways in the snow. Um, but I'm definitely going to enroll my PM and coming to do that with me uh, once the weather gets a little bit better. Um, awesome. I've bought yes. some huge houses in my turf that I just never hit before. So Fantastic. Yeah, that's a... 
big opportunity for sure. Well done. And Haley. Um, mine is definitely putting QR codes on the back of my marketers club boards. Um, like I said, Facebook and just community recognition is super big for my turf. So I get a lot of people, it, t- it takes a lot of time to walk from house to house, um, yes. five minutes for a normal house. So, um, when they do say, which they always do, Oh, I wish I could do something, yeah. but we don't need any painting a lot of new houses. I will be ready to show them that QR code for a review okay. or a share or something or saying, okay, awesome. If you're any, any community groups, here you go. Here's the QR code. Give us a share. Um, I'm totally going to be using that. Thanks, Sasha, for that. Fantastic. And one thing to share is I think if anything, you know, bigger homes, longer driveways, I think they're more likely to respond that way just because they're not, uh, you know, facing the constant pestering, you know, sometimes, you know, some neighbors do face the constant pestering. So, so it's like, Oh, and then, you know, again, nice person at the door. Hey, how are you doing? And Oh, sure. How can I help? So that's, that's wonderful. And the one thing as well that I, the, the, my last point before we wrap up was, you know, for all our leaders listening is, is, is consider, you know, all the, all the operators here are, 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 are veterans have had very, very successful first years or in the midst of having successful second, third or fourth years. And so they're operating their businesses more at, at just that next level. And so, so there's a real impact of being able to run your business and your marketing teams and, and the marketing structures that you're running at that next level. You know, and it's not just for the results, but guess what? It actually also changes about how you're going to run your business. You're, you're getting reps in about leadership and about management and about enrollment. So, so, so when you're doing something and it's okay, just like when we go canvas and the situation doesn't go well, we can feel discouraged and it, uh, don't worry, a discouragement is normal and it's okay. Hey, that didn't work. No problem. I'll try again. Let's go get some coaching. Let's go talk to another operator who's winning in that area. And again, continuing uh, growing your leadership. So, so we'll wrap up for the day. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, hope, hope you found it as, as, as uh, effective as everybody here on the call, because we got takeaways that we're going to go and go and use. Hey, leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.